Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Sha-la-la-la-la-la. Take it away, Tess. Step to the left. Uh. That's all right. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It is the 6th of April in the year of our Lord 2000. Melanie C featuring Lisa Left Eyes Lopez. Never be the same again. The one that goes, it's just the beginning. It's not the end. Things will never be the same again. Yeah, that's number one. Don't sing it too well. Otherwise, we'll get demonetized. <laughs> Oh, well, that, that is a concern whenever I sing these. Mm. Lake Placid beats the seven-week run of Toy Story 2 at number one in the UK box office, making it not only the Kevin Nash of films, but also <laughs> my new favourite alligator film of all time. <laughs> Nintendo sells its 100 millionth Game Boy slash Game Boy Color handheld console. No surprise there. Even my dog had one. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace is released on VHS, so you can use the rewind feature to figure out Otto's gamble and if it actually makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> B Sky B as the first interactive TV advert. It's an advert for the cooking sauce Chicken Tonight. Viewers are offered the option of clicking the red button to visit Sky's interactive TV service open, where they can order a money off voucher and a recipe book. There was a, a young man named Matthew who inexplicably watched the wrong episode of SmackDown last week. <laughs> the April 13th episode. Got all excited. Didn't even notice that they weren't even discussing the biggest pay-per-view of the year that had just happened a few days earlier. And just thought it was poor booking. And because of that, there are some questions tonight. Why was last week's SmackDown classic Raw, SmackDown review cancelled? Has Matthew watched the correct episode of SmackDown? Is he even awake? All the questions and answers and many, many more stupid jokes can be found here at the Cultaholic Classic SmackDown Review with possibly Matthew, but definitely Tom. Let's check. Is it he is, there? It is definitely Tom. It's definitely Tom. How are you, mate? I'm good. I, was, I wasn't going to mention the, uh, the, 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 the flub up from last week. I was just going to say that we were preempted by the Westminster Dog Show podcast. Oh. I was going to let you off the hook, but you've, hey, look, you're. And also, right, so, yeah, so we missed a week. Get over yourselves. We're here now. And also, you know, open, Matthew. <laughs> oh, I love that we're talking about this. Yes. Right. I do know. I remember the blue screen. Open 
was amazing. So open was the first time, and it was back in the year 2000, when we had basically online shopping through our television. There's two things that I remember doing uh, through open. That was buying Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 64. Mm. But my, I did. My mum used her credit card to buy it through the television. And we were like, how is this going to work? Is this, how long is this going to take? It was mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. And also, Beehive Bedlam. <clears throat> yeah, Beehive oh Bedlam. God. Dropping that on you. That was amazing. So it was um, sometimes like a column sort of Poyo Pop style game featuring bumblebees on open. That's right. It was a complete knockoff of Buster Move. It was fantastic. Sometimes it was free and sometimes it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's that's put me in the best frame of mind talking about open. Uh, but all is good at this end, Matthew Gregg. Uh, we've had a, a nice unexpected week off the podcast. We're back now. Get over it. And uh, we're all good at this end. Like, no, I'm trying to think of anything groundbreaking and earth-shaking has happened since we last spoke. Um, I know that we've met up, like, in real life, IRL, with with several feet apart, and been for a beer out in, in a pub and sat in a garden of a pub and had a beer. That was exciting. That felt normal. Yeah. Big fan of that, mate. Big fan of that. More of that, please. Uh, how are you, more importantly, Matthew? I'm still running off the positive vibes of our last meeting. <laughs> Gotta tell you. Um, in a good frame of mind, I, you know, to break up the not me, because, yes, people are able to see people more and more. However, the people that I know, I like, can't be asked still. So I'm very thankful for people, not just, uh, Tom, for the work that we do here at Cultaholic, but for being a lovely guy to meet up with and just talk about crap. Well, it's just nice to be at a point where we can get out and see each other again and see people again. It's it's nice. It's still not it's still not back to normal, admittedly. But you know what? If wearing a bit of cloth on my face means that I can go and have a coffee for a bit, I'm gonna I'm fine with that. I don't have an issue with that. Before we get into the uh, the rigors of SmackDown this week, my friend. Um, which I, I can tell that you're champing at the bit to do. It's apparently champing, not chomping. Who knew? Um, do you want a little rundown? Is it? Yeah, apparently. No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Champing at the bit. It's champing at the bit, not chomping at the bit. It's not chomping. No. Oh. So, um, basically, I read a... I, read a, I used chomping, on, chomping at the bit on a video months ago, and multiple people corrected me. And uh, apparently it comes from horses. Um one definition of champ is to bite or chew noisily. These are senses meant in the idiom champing at the bit, which refers to the tendency of some horses to chew on the bit when impatient or eager. It is figurative In its figurative sense, it means to show impatience while delayed. But apparently, it, the way you're meant to say it is champing at the bit rather than chomping at the bit. Ah. Yeah, I know. But you ever seen way. Lord of War? <laughs> no. Uh Nicholas Cage is the the warlord there. He says, oh, "I am Lord of War," and he goes, "Warlord." He goes, eh, "Thank you, but I prefer it my way." <laughs> All I'm saying to that. So go on, Tom. I can tell you, champing at the bit. Uh, what was in the news this week I can in tell the world of wrestling? You are metaphorically uh, biting on a metal mouthpiece used for controlling a horse. So I'll run down some of the uh, <laughs> elements of the wrestling world for this particular week. Now, Vince Russo 
and Eric Bischoff, they are going to be steering the good ship Dub C Dub. And Vince Russo appeared on WCW Live on the 28th of March. Now, this is an interview that has gone down uh, in somewhat infamy uh, for the sheer amount of... Um, what's the word I'm reaching for? Um, bollocks that Vince <laughs> Russo spits during this interview. So according to Vince during his interview on WCW Live... Um, Bill Bush told him the company wanted to focus less on ratings and entertainment and more on wrestling. And Russo just went, I don't agree, bro. In fact, I think we should make Tank Abbott the world champion. Uh, the sold-out pay-per-view. Uh, this led to Vince Russo taking some time away from the company. Uh, he claimed that he had boosted ratings whilst he was there in 12 weeks, when in fact he hadn't. Uh, he claimed he wanted to bring Bischoff back in to write for TV, uh, but nobody else liked him. And the idea to everybody was uh, undermining him. He was upset that everybody was undermining him on the writing team. That bit was true. Uh, he claimed that WWF turned it around in the ratings the moment that DX went to the WCW arena with a rocket launcher. He said that was the moment where WWF started to win. And he said that WCW will now go after WWF and that number two should throw rocks and stones at number one. He wants Thunder to be moved back to Thursday to go head-to-head -head with SmackDown because Thunder's storming it in the right inside. Right slash sarcasm. Uh, he said the Scott Steiner unscripted promo, this is the one where he... Uh, Called Rick Flair, called Rick Flair old. Uh, Reference WCW sacking Steve Austin. Said WCW sucked. That one that got him suspended. Uh, he said it was actually the best interview of the year. So it gives you an idea, even before he started booking, mentally where his head is at. And and in the the the, the crown jewel of this tirade on WCW Live. Vince Russo says, quote, in all honesty, is there anybody out there that wouldn't love to see Goldberg versus the Ultimate Warrior? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm allergic to his bullshit, too. <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, wow. Vince Russo, very much the, the Alex Jones of wrestling in this interview. Um, spouts a lot of nonsense, but um, I mean, hey. I might be wrong. Matthew, Goldberg versus Warrior, yes or no? Well, we already had Warrior versus Hogan, and it was an unmitigated disaster. So, you know what? Yeah, Warrior versus a guy with a third, a third, an eighth of the experience and ring style savvy as Hogan. Yeah, that would be great. You know what? I would like it in a guilty pleasure way, but for WCW to go, you know what? I think we've got too many old blokes who are really hard to deal with at the top of the card. Let's bring in the warrior <laughs> is the best. Yeah. I'll say this, though. All that was classic Russo, but the Steiner promo probably was the promo of the month slash year for WCW, so I'll give him that. <laughs> Incredible. It was quite the word. Um, staying with WCW, we've already referenced changing rooms on this podcast. I'm going to throw another <laughs> British TV institution at you. I'm going to throw in Watchdog. Matthew, can you explain to our American audience what Watchdog's all about? Oh, Watchdog was a consumer show where if you had an issue with uh, an event, a promotion or something, you can go on TV and it could be hopefully investigated and a bright light shined on it. And it gave uh, consumers some defense or some way of like, you know, go to someone and go, you've, you missold me this. 
And they go, ah, what are you going to do? They go, I'm going to go watchdog. They go, uh-oh, it's like a <laughs> refund, sir. Can't... I'm going to have a wild, wild swing in the dark and suggest that this is a wrestling podcast. We're talking about WCW. Did this have anything to do with the European tour that she's been? It certainly did, my friend. So Watchdog, the millennial edition of Cancel Culture, did a special on March 31st. Oh, first. What? what? <laughs> In which... Well, it was, wasn't it? Because instead of tweeting about how bad some company was, you'd go to Watchdog and get them shut down that way. Um, <laughs> so 31st of March on BBC One, Watchdog ran a report on the WCW tour due to numerous consumer complaints. Now, the main complaint, which we talked about on the podcast before, but we'll, we'll highlight it again, was that Sting and Goldberg were on the posters, but nowhere near the venues. They were even on the tickets. They weren't at the shows. Uh, there was complaints about the Harris Twins versus the Marmalukes being the main event for the third night. So many complaints that they are doing a follow-up on the 7th of April, trying to get WCW's side. So they're doing, this is a rarity. Like Watchdog, so passionate to get to, to, to dig deeper into this. They've offered WCW the right of reply. We'll find out next week whether they take them up on that. Also, many newspapers in the UK uh, have covered how bad the WCW tour actually was. It's it's so funny when you see products like Watchdog and 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 the like non-wrestling products talking about wrestling you kind of get this weird it's the equivalent of seeing i th- i always find i don't know whether you're the same matthew when you see something mainstream talking about wrestling it's the same as seeing your your hometown on tv where it's like oh hmm. i know that i that's the thing i like it was like on um on bbc2 last night it was the 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 program where the the family um live in different decades and they were in the eight. They were in the seventies uh, on the yesterday's one. It's the one that Sarah Cox hosts. And for one of the one of the nights, they watched uh, Big Daddy versus Kendo Nagasaki because wrestling was huge in the mid seventies. Oh. So you get that little warm fuzzy, even when it's particularly bad news, which it was for WCW at this point. Yeah, it would be great if I'm watching Watchdog with me parents, and it's like now we talk about WCW, and like oh. I know that terrible wrestling company. <laughs> They're my favourites. We, 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 we approached WCW for comments, and it's Vince Russo going, bro, <laughs> card subject to change. You got <laughs> swerved. Hey, and if you think the WCW live show scene is pretty rubbish in the UK at this point, don't fret, because they're buggering it up in America as well. Uh, they had half a good idea. Uh, during this past week so on the wcw house show tour in america billy kidman won the cruiserweight title from the artist formerly known as prince ikea on the house show in baltimore on the 30th of march uh big pop from the crowd despite the match being a bit eh. uh the following day in pittsburgh uh billy kidman walked in as champ they had the match again but ikea won it back and it felt good to be a part of a historical thing happening on a house show never referenced on WCW television. There was no reference of Billy Kidman. And it's kind of had become this sort of phantom title run for Billy Kidman that, that nobody has ever acknowledged. But it definitely happened. That's awesome. I think, yes, it would have been last year, Liger held the 
No, it wasn't the WCW Cruiserweight title. It was the IWGP Light Heavyweight title. And he lost it to Juventud Carrera and then won it back. But because the finish involved Juventud Carrera using uh, something incredibly stereotypical. Oh, that was it. A tequila bottle. <laughs> New Japan, for years, never referenced this title changed. They, did it. they pulled the Billy Kidman. It was like Liger never lost the title to pretend they didn't. And it's only in the last few years when they've done the history of the title video packages that they've gone actually you know what it did happen <laughs> enough times passed <laughs> it's just so embarrassing for them for like well these great battles in japan el samurai and ultimate dragons like well what happened in wcw got hit with a bottle of tequila <laughs> it's it's depressing <laughs> it's truly truly depressing uh, um when we've got two more big things to talk about um oh goody and uh they're both good ones uh 4th of April, San Antonio, Texas. Shawn Michaels wrestles his Bunny Rabbit Ears final match. Uh, it was a bunkhouse brawl against Venom where Michaels put up uh, the TWF title. It was given to him by Just Incredible, who won, it, who won it two weeks before. Venom put up the promotion. So he would win control that he won control of earlier. So basically winner take all the championship and the company. Uh, it was a weapons match, uh, ladders, bins crutches cooking sheets all that stuff michaels did one big spot in the match and when you consider that he hasn't wrestled in uh, a short while at this point uh, dropping an elbow off the top of a ladder uh, must have been quite the sight to see uh, venom got beaten up quite badly in this match at one point he handcuffed Shawn michaels to the top rope and just battered him with a kendo stick until he bled uh, it was quite a gruesome spot to see um shooter schultz comes out for the finish suplexed venom on a table which didn't break he did it again, and it didn't break. Somewhere in Newcastle, a teenage Matthew can be heard shouting, I am the table. Michaels power-slammed Venom through the table, uh, which finally broke, hit the switch in music, and got the win. Michaels then said that he won control of the promotion, and the first thing he was doing was stripping himself of the TWF title and putting it on the line in a tournament. Sure, Michaels' last wrestling match actually became his first wrestling match in a long while. Um, I don't know whether you ever got a chance to see this. Yeah, because people have sent me that table a few times because of that stupid video series that I still do. And it's interesting, as you said, it's a man who is clearly not in physical condition to be doing this type of thing, using every gimmick under the sun. And as you said, uh, tables, ladders, every shortcut. It's kind of sad, but kind of interesting in a way because he came back. You know, if that had been his final match, it's like, ugh. You know, it's like, like Terry Gordy in IWA Japan. You're just like, what are you, what are you doing? But yeah, so now it's an interesting curio. So, and it's, you can tell it's 2000, can't you? I'm putting up the ownership of the company on the line. Oh, it's so <laughs> very, so very, very of that era. I love it. The GM will also be putting up his ownership of it. <laughs> the assistant geo. Amazing. The arena manager for Darlow <laughs> FC will also be putting it in. Like, oh. I want to think that happened. I really do. Uh, and finally, mate. Wait a minute. Was, where was the Watch Dogs episode for HBK? Because he came back. <laughs> I believe it happened in 2002, the week after SummerSlam. <laughs> I paid good money to watch Shawn Michaels' last match. Then he had another match. And then another career. Bastard. Um... Finally, I've saved the best Burned for last. TWF shirt. <laughs> saved the best for last, mate. Best for last. We have a resurfacing 
of the British Bulldog. <gasps> at the March 31st tapings of Stampede Wrestling in Calgary, Harry Smith, at the tender age of 14 years old, pinned T.J. Wilson. Uh, this led to a oh. beatdown by Wilson's faction, the honor roll, uh, and outcomes. comes... Uh, Davy Boy Smith to make the save. Runs everybody off. Uh, Smith was there that night just to watch his son wrestle. And Bruce asked him if he fancied getting involved and doing a run-in. So Bulldog was like, yeah. Uh, Bulldog does a run-in. Now, I don't know whether this was <laughs> Bulldog just going into business for himself. He did the run-in, then announced on the mic he was forming a tag team called the New British Bulldogs with his son. And he was challenging a leader of the honor roll, Principal Richard Pound, to a match. Didn't say when. I don't know if the match happened. But we have a bulldog resurface. It's Stampede Wrestling. God, it's weird hearing about Stampede Wrestling being a thing in the year 2000. I genuinely thought it came back. (laughs) It's like the NWA. It's like, it's back. It's like, it's, it's not. It's not, is it, mate? Who are you trying? No, no, it's NWA. Look, those three letters. <laughs> we have Magnum TA headliner next week. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's cool to hear. It's funny when you say uh, D. H. Smith being the return of the British Bulldog. Did you see the World of Sport pilot around Christmas time? I did. Did a few years ago, and it was. Just, you'll know what I'm about to say. Then the very end. There he comes out, and there's just the announcer, who's either Alex Shane or Jim Ross or whatever, going, he's back, he's back, the British Bulldog's back. And I'm like, whoa, what? Let me put my phone down for a second. What have I missed? The British Bulldog's back. He's like, he's back, the British Bulldog, the Bulldog, the Bull... His son. The Bulldog is back, he's back. (laughs) Anyway, that's that. That's That's the week in wrestling that was. Let's go to Matthew Gregg, or as he is on my sister, Morpheus, and uh, he will talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown at last. I certainly will. <laughs> the long-anticipated, hope it was worth the build, episode of SmackDown. Seth Rollins comes out. And <laughs> oh, God. Rock challenges Triple H to an eye for an eye match. <laughs> yes! Last Monday night, which is the Raw after WrestleMania, so you know it's going to be good. The Rock took on the brave Shane McMahon in a match booked by Vince, which, shoot the power of editing, ends with The Rock beating up Triple H, making Earl Hebner make a pinfall, and then Lillian Garcia announcing that The Rock as the new champ, and then holds the world title up. He's not, but the crowd doesn't care, because it's the year of our Lord 2000, mm-hmm. and you could get away with changing the title that way and still pop a 6.0 rating. It's so weird, that whole segment and and the, and the whole first part of this show, which is, is The Rock the champion? To which we're all going, no, no, he's not. <laughs> you know, 20 years on, we're saying to ourselves this week, did Adam Cole really storm off Pat McAfee's show? No. <laughs> no, he didn't. Why are we all, why are we all hoodwinked by this? No, it's, it's blatantly, he's blatantly not the champion, but I enjoy the fact that everybody's like, is he? We don't know. It's the Wild West these days. Yeah, see, this is one of these things where I think people get confused, or because they use it to get a... I couldn't think of a normal word, so I'll just use it. Clickbait. Mm. In these situations, I want to see what's happened, so I want to see what's happened on SmackDown. That's the draw. That's the that's leading. I don't care if Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee 
is real or fake because I've watched it and it was crap. <laughs> Unless Pat McCarthy gives him the Van Patinator or something from one side of the uh, NFL pitch. Oh, God, I don't know what I'm talking about. To the other. Or he hits him with a ball. Uh, OJ Simpson, LT, uh Moving on. Uh, you wee, wee, woo. Before we go on, before we go on, no, I'd like to... No, don't point out anything. I want, to, no, I want to tell you that I appreciate how you pronounce Pat McAfee's name as Pat McAfee, like he's antivirus oh, software. No. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, I tell you... I've Pat McAfee Pat Mac- antivirus. I've got Pat McAfee on my... Comp- John! John! Oh. <laughs> Pat McAfee antivirus software, thank you. John can't hear. He's watching next week's SmackDown as well. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted your witty woos. Oh, no, not the witty woos. Not the witty woos. Well, that on, I've got his test jokes. <laughs> witty wee, witty woo indeed brings us to San Jose, California, and Rikishi Fatu jerking the curtain to an ass-sized pop. He's taking on Chris Benoit for the IC title. Benoit, of course, the champion since WrestleMania 2000, the biggest show of the year, where Kurt Angle lost both of them without getting pinned. Tough, tough, ugh, Christ. <laughs> tough, tough Christ, it is indeed. <laughs> uh, no, I wrote down on my note, tough, tough choke. <laughs> so I thought I would. Uh, thank you, Coffee, for saving my life. Benoit avoids a sit-out but drop to avoid certain death, but Rikishi is Samoan, so he no-sells the Canadian chops that follow up and delivers the one-man 3D, which is a very, very impressive move, but I'm surprised that he's still able to do that, given that there's usually uh, some sort of setting where it's like, no, no, I can do this move, but you can't do it later on. <laughs> Benoit overcomes the super kick the back of the head that has no lasting issues to deliver a Northern Lights suplex for the win. And I should point out how amazing a sight it is to see little old Benoit using all four of his shoulders to do that move and pin Rikishi clean as a whistle. And then afterwards, Rikishi gets his heat back after a stink face and a banzai drop. Sore ass for a sore loser. What did you think, Tom? <laughs> I thought these two put on, a, put on a great opener. Like, really lovely chemistry between Benoit and Rikishi. Like, Rikishi is, is, on, the, is on the bubble here. He's going to float around this sort of mid to upper mid card for a while now. And it's just, this is one of those wins for Benoit that that positions him well as the IC champion. Like a win over a big guy establishes him as somebody that could be anybody any size. And I thought they'd work really well together. Big fan of this opener. I don't think I've seen anyone do that to Rikishi before in Northern Lights. No, I don't think I have either. Like we've seen him get like F fives and stuff, but a Northern Light mm. suplex, which takes a whole different part of your body to do the lifting from. Like, jeez, Benoit was a machine here. Yeah. Have you seen the the clip of Kurt Henning in WCW giving the giant a perfect plex. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. Don't Man, mind that's something else. Yeah. They kicked out the get. <laughs> Speaking of sore losers, here's the McMahons. Here we go. Vince gets the name of the city wrong. Is it San Jose, San this, San, San Puerto Rico? But he says it doesn't matter, as this whole area will be falling off into the ocean soon anyway. <laughs> hey, that's global warming, Vince. Get your old mate God on the phone and get him booked. Uh, Vince says, despite the vicious rumours about DX not being here, they are. He hopes that <laughs> he hopes that rumour won't cause any giant queue for re- for refunds. So that popped me. <laughs> we get a replay of what happened on Raw, 
which is always what you want five minutes after a recap, the exact same thing. And Vince claims Rock was such a coward that he couldn't beat Shane, so he dragged another guy he also couldn't beat, Triple H, and had Earl count the pin. And then he tries explaining what's happening, but he has to stop. The entire show grinds to a halt. And I'm not sure if I could say this, so Tom might have to edit it. But this crowd is not happy with Vince. And so they say a giant Shane's a pussy. <laughs> Which the commentators do not acknowledge or say it word for word. You know, they do the whole, what are they saying, JR? thing. But Vince has to just, you know, stop in his tracks, put the handbrake on and just wait for them to get out of the system. And God, I forgot when people did that. It wasn't, you know, nowadays where somebody stops and is like, I, I'm really good. And then they pause and must stare at them like, now, now, now's your time to chant. Chant now. Chant now. Now it's like, no, 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 we're just going to chant. chant while you're talking. And Vince makes Earl Hebner head to the ring and Earl gets the biggest pop of his career because he made The Rock the champion, I guess. Vince asks Earl, why did you count the one, two, three? And Hebner says, well, because The Rock told me to. <laughs> the same Crowd, as we all yeah. do that sort of stuff. Yeah, because trying to take over the world. And Vince says Earl has impugned the status of WWE officials with this behaviour and threatens to knock him on his ass if he does that again. Then he has Lillian Garcia come now. Eh, Lillian Garcia, Bay has a big pop. I'm sure she was only a few months into this. So I'm sure some people are like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's that new lass. All right. Uh, Mike McGurk. Uh, Vince gets creepy and makes her sing. And says, please just sing. I know you're a good singer. Pretend it's just you and me alone. Oh, she strokes her hair. It's very comfortable. But then she belts out, do you know the way to San Jose? It's like, um, on the way, is this the way to Amarillo? And the crowd, <laughs> crowd really digs this. I like the comparison of, do you know the way to San Jose? To, is this the way to Amarillo? Fresh yeah. off the album, now that's what I call directions to places. <laughs> 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 Is this the way to San Jose? <laughs> I asked my friends and they said it was pretty okay. <laughs> Imagine if Lydia wasn't paying attention and Vince said, Sing, do you know the way to San Jose? And she's like, All right, Vince. Sha la 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 la. The entire crowd. Hey, hey. La 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 la. Shades of pussy. La la la. Lillian leading Michael Cole and Lawler. When the day is done. Yeah, the inexplicably start dancing. It's like the, the whole, Pied Piper. The Damn it, Lillian, stop! The whole of SmackDown is just the is this the way to Amarillo video, but with wrestlers from 2000. Like everyone, everyone comes out DX and, and The Rock and all. Everyone's suddenly friends again. Chris Benoit trips over on the esca, on the on the treadmill. Chris Benoit, that's right, does the Ronnie Corbett. Tess is given the mic and he does another lyrics, so it's quickly taken from him. Sha la la la. It pans out. The entire crowd is like in unison going sha la 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 la. And they're doing the, the foot stomps as well, which sadly, like the walls of Jericho, causes the entire stadium to collapse and WF goes out of business for <laughs> killing 12,000 people. So that's, that's the silly tangents that we like, right? <laughs> Go on, Tess, your turn. Sha la 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 la. No, Wrong song! Sha la 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 la. Take it away, Tess. Step to the left. Uh, step to the right. Crisscross. Someone just punches him in the face. Crisscross. Someone else punches him in the face. 
suck at games. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, test doing the Casper slide. John, bring that to life somehow. <laughs> I leave that oh. with you. God. So yeah, that happened. <laughs> that, all that happened yeah. and didn't happen. Yes. Vid says, thanks for proving my point. Pretty women with a pretty voice can be replaced in instant, so do that again and you'll only be singing the blues. <laughs> it's fine. Sadly, okay. We've got Tester in the Casper slide, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Lily replies by getting on the mic and singing Mini the Moocher. <laughs> And Vince says, you better not do the next bit. And the crowd goes, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> she leaves upset and Vince starts talking about his grapefruits and chains pomegranates. Oh, of course he does. So tonight it's a handicap match versus The Rock. Shane and Vince together again. And in a nice little bit, I hope you notice this as well, Tom. As soon as he announces that, Shane's behind Vince, but the camera can see him and he looks worried. It's like, oh, no. And then Vince looks at him and he's like, yeah, yeah, great. Starts doing the dance. Yeah, we'll get him. we get him. <laughs> and this whole segment reminded me that this is the period of Vince McMahon that I absolutely loved as a kid. And it's so great to rewatch segments of this with you, Tom, and relive them. He's able to smooth the storylines. He's playing a character that's not too overarching or overbearing like the 2006 version where it was a parody of himself. And he's so good at talking crap, but still being kind of mild-mannered that... It's it's so good to watch. It's so happy. I loved everything about this segment. They will explain everything, kill about 10 minutes, and just be very entertaining and drive me nuts. And I also like the bit where we started singing, sha-la-la-la-la. <laughs> but what did you think, Tom? I'm eager very, to hear. Very similar to you. Um, I, I, it was one of them where, like, the whole story of this was, is The Rock the champion? Even though it's like, no, he's blatantly not. Like, why is this even in question? And... It's just the pop that Hebner gets to is like, well, The Rock told me to count three. It's, that's the power of The Rock at this point. Uh, the wolf whistles for Lillian Garcia and the whole thing of pretty women can be replaced does not age well. Um, but as you say, Vince McMahon, well and truly in his pomp here, uh, was, was a sight to behold at this particular point. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is Vince McMahon is like, I'm, I'm the Vince McMahon, damn it. I'm very proud. I'm the owner of this. So anytime anyone gets one up on him, it's like, yeah. Even though Vince is going, what are you idiots talking about? He's not the champ. <laughs> Why are you celebrating? Rock's the champ. Rocky, He's Rocky, not. Rocky, sha la 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 Things that aren't happening. The Rock is champion and Lillian Garcia singing, this is the way to Amarillo. <laughs> yeah. Vince is there going, stop Stop singing that one song that white people like, and San Jose goes, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Young man. And Shane's going, it's not even in the lyrics. It's not even in the lyrics. There's nowhere in that song that's, that's there. <laughs> if you do it again, San Jose, I'd be very mad. Boom, boom, boom. Good times never been so good. <laughs> so good. So, so good. good. So, so good. good. Test. Test, take it away. Do host. Do host. No. <laughs> oh, Test, you've no. ruined it again. Never do karaoke with Test. I won't. But you know what I will do? In <laughs> you know what I will do? In oh, Christ. I don't think you can, mate. <laughs> I love like, don't do karaoke. I won't. <laughs> uh, but what I will do instead is Castrol GTX. After decades of wa watching wrestling and this being sponsored, I still don't know what it is, but boy, does it look tasty. <laughs> I don't think you meant to drink it. 
Oh. <laughs> I, think I, you, I, I'm, I'm, I asked the guy. I think your car's meant to drink it, but I'm not entirely sure. But your car can drink it as well. That's pretty amazing, Tom. I think so. <laughs> anyway, it's Jeff's Swanton through the table at WrestleMania 2000. Castrol GTX, it's for your breakfast. <laughs> Castrol GTX, um, it's great on toast. <laughs> just a kid drinking it. Thumbs up the camera. Thanks, Mom. After I drink this. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. T and A are here. Hooray! And so is Test and Albert. <laughs> bum bum. Yeah, th- th- thanks, Test. Sponsored by RC Edge Extreme, Extreme, Extreme Cola, uh, Phone Free, and Arizona Jeans, the American equivalent to Geordie Jeans. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It is the, jo- the Geordie Jeans. They're Geordie Jeans from off of America. Yes, there's only a bunch of things that people know Geordie's for. One's Newcastle United, the other's Newcastle United, and the third is Geordie Jeans. <laughs> oh, we wouldn't have it any other way. No, Michael Cole knows us as a mining town. Oh. <laughs> That'll be it. Michael Cole will be dying. Back. Any, any, have any last request? Any, any words to say this amazing man, this amazing career? He, he, was, he was stationed in Iraq. He covered Desert Storm. He's done wrestling for decades. Uh, amazing career. What you got to say? It's just be all these hands going up and going. You called Newcastle a small mining town, just three <laughs> hours drive from London. <laughs> why are you here to, to make sure he's dead? <laughs> it's where Fog on off. the Tyne came from, and he goes, "Oh, I know that one." Christ! And they're taking on the duds. And thanks to the benefits of HD on the network, I can see even in two thousand. Devon's forehead was already looking like a prisoner's wall. It is quite an impressive forehead that Devon has going on. Yeah. It was just one day you looked at it, like in 06, 07, and went, wait, what? why is Devon so heavily scarred? <laughs> wait, what? All those death matches he was doing in WWE. Bloody hell. Anyway, Tess starts the match with a gut wrench powerbomb and also delivers a big boot to Bubba. Commentators are so enthralled by his actions that they start talking about the rest of the show. 
Albert takes the Devon headbutt off the top, and I've wondered about this, Tom. Given that Albert gets his name from the Prince Albert, where he had all the tattoos and piercings, why doesn't that move hurt Devon? That's a really good question, because that should be like a chair shot, in theory. Yeah, that should be like headbutting a Samoan. <laughs> or Lex Luger's forearm, just to cross the streams of your other podcast. So the idea of, like, Prince Albert getting a low blow... And then just stopping and like not responding to it and then going, in case you've forgotten, I'm pierced down there. Punch. <laughs> yeah, there's deafening silence from the San Jose crowd, which Albert's used to, but he has to go, no, no, a Prince Albert. It... And as he's explaining it, someone hits him. <laughs> he gets hit with Castrol No, GTX. kids, 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 put down your Castrol GTX smoothie. <laughs> Stop drinking your smoothies. Look, I'll show you. <laughs> what do you mean the PTC are protesting again <laughs> anyway Jerry Lawler has a good line here he says haven't you ever heard the term fighting Irish that came from the McMahons it goes on a little tangent about how Angus McMahon Vince's great 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 granddad was an Irish fighter <laughs> <laughs> some of these guys are really good when they're bored uh, tell me and you work so well we really TNA actually look credible here against the Duds which I think is a testament to how good Devon and Bubba are in the ring 3D to test and a broken nose and N64 controller gets a win for the duds. And as Trish goes to console test, she tells him possibly, I'll get you a game shark so you can get infinite lives. The Dudleys try to put her through a table, but the Hardys make the save by attacking the duds. And crowd are not as happy to see the Hardys as they were to see Trish die. What do you think, Tom? The crowd really want to see Trish go through a table. Um, and here's the thing, right? Like she hasn't even stuck because because they will they will recognise this this weird bloodlust that the fans have to see Trish Stratus go through a table and they will they will own it and they'll have Trish taunting Bubba Ray Dudley for the next few weeks about going through a table but at this point she wasn't taunting them at all she got into the ring to check on TNA who and by the way incidentally I've also written here is the story with Trish. That she wants to hire, she wants to manage a crap tag team, <laughs> because like since they debuted, their record's been pretty awful. It has like they're not winning a lot, and it was when she got into the ring to check up on them, she wasn't antagonising Bubba, but as soon as the crowd sensed that she might go through a table, they were like, "Go on, la 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 la," <laughs> and it was like a bit, a bit weird bit weird at this point wrestling fans you're all weird it is a weird thing yeah i guess they can write down on the meetings backstage okay the dudleys can put a poor innocent woman through a table and the crowd will boo them because it's horrible and then they watch it and they're like oh it turns out everything they've been saying about our fans is true (laughs) they're cheering yay she's dead (laughs) maybe we're the problem (laughs) no it's the bookers who are wrong (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Am I out of touch? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. When uh, Trish came to WWE, she had a, the pick of the litter. It's almost the crap version of the Bam Bam Bigelow storyline from 87, where all these managers were trying to, were basically like, Heenan and uh, Lou Albano and Jimmy Hart were like, no, no, I want him. I want him. I'll outbid him. I'll outbid. But it's the it's in reverse. So it's like, you can have us. You can manage us. Oh, how much for? Five bucks. <laughs> it's even worse than that. It's even worse than that because it's like, hi, I'm Trish. <laughs> I'm Trish Stratus. I want to manage a tag team. Well, here's all the tag teams. I mean, there's some crap ones here. And then Trish even goes, no, 
I don't even want the crap ones. I want two crap singles wrestlers. And I want them to be a tag team. <laughs> and that's my plan. And I will make them a middle-of-the-road tag team. I tell you what, though, that's isn't that fairly sensible if you're a project manager? You take on a, a you take on a project that is doomed to fail. So either it succeeds and you go, wow, you defied all expectations, or B, it fails and everyone goes, well, it's not your fault. This is wrestling's version of My Fair Lady, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is. Oh, Someone's God. got a bet on with Trish that she can't say, she can't get Albert to say the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. <laughs> the rain in Spain falls mainly. I miss Boss Man. <laughs> John, my fair lady, oh, for... but with, with Trish, Test, and Albert, just to confuse everybody. Some of these people have seen the timeline and go, oh, that's good. I don't know the joke, but that's an amusing image. Yeah. And some stuff like that will just make people go, what the hell are they on? <laughs> what, what Welcome to Bath mean? Salt Review. <laughs> when are we doing the Bath Salt podcast? Oh, <laughs> Right after I finish off this Castrol GTX. <laughs> oh, get that down, you lad. Glug, glug, glug. It's full of vitamins. <laughs> vroom, vroom. Yeah. Kurt Angle is backstage. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Kurt Angle is backstage talking to Scotty Too Hottie. He wants to win the tag team title tonight and wants Hottie to... T- <laughs> he wants Hottie he wants Hottie to... <laughs> twice. And you start sneezing all over him. <laughs> and for some reason, Scotty Too Hottie's like, no, dude, that's that's not cool. <laughs> But he says, no, even with Grandmaster Sexy out, he won't disrespect the Grandmaster like that. <laughs> and Scotty Hoyt's like, Jesus Christ, this is live. Come on, Angle, get it together. <laughs> Angle, stop sneezing. And said, like I said, so they can edit it out, uh, I'm not going to team up with you, even though my partner is currently injured. I won't disrespect the Grandmaster like that. And he walks off, and Angle's still unsure if he's teaming up with him. Because so he talks in like, in like jive, doesn't he? So he's a little bit like, is, what's he, I don't know what he said. He was very baffled by what Scotty actually said. Yeah. No. I've nothing to add there. I just sneezed out all over him. <laughs> Taz <funny>. is here. <laughs> Woohoo. One-on-one with Perry Sutton. Oh, this should be a thriller in Manila right here. <laughs> he wants revenge on Perry after he cost him possibly the IC title on Raw after he interfered. However, Perry sneak attacks him as Taz makes his entrance. And they brawl to the back. And that's it. The end. Thanks for coming, <laughs> lads. Bless you. But, um, yeah, the, the Tess Saturn match, ta- Taz Saturn rather than Tess. Tess has already been on singing Amarillo. Um, Taz Saturn, there was, there, this was nothing. There was, this was a nothing match. This was just two <laughs> blood feuds having a bit of a scuffle. And nothing more. See, Taz and Saturn, I genuinely think, if given the time, they can have a belter of, like, a hardcore match at this point. It's weird. These two, I would prefer to see them in a non-hardcore match because I appreciate their grappling and stuff. And I don't think they had a big singles match. They had some heat back in... um, There it was. Perry left for WCW. I think it was 97. Because Taz felt that Perry basically took a lot of his image with him. Like, he took the hood, he took the, like, backstage promos where he's doing his wrist tapes, and he's like, I'm Perry Sutton, beat me if you can, survive if you can, and all this other stuff. (laughs) So I'm glad they're able to squash the beef. But, yeah, they never had that big singles match because by the time they got together, they were just like, oh, it's those guys. 
<laughs> Big whoop. Beat me if you can, su survive if you can. It's completely different, Taz. It's completely different. <laughs> it's like it's like dun 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 dun. dun. Beat me. There's the slightly more um, defeatist, slightly more defeatist catchphrase that he came out with at this point, which is "Beat me if you can, survive if you want." <laughs> beat me if you're good. <laughs> beat beat. Or, it's, or there was the, there was a very defeatist one he went with, which was "Beat me if you like, survive if you must." <laughs> <laughs> the ECW was beat me if you can, but please pay me. <laughs> pay me if you can. <laughs> that was just the Paul Heyman ECW <laughs> catchphrase. Pay me if you can. And then in brackets, <laughs> pay me if you can. Just again, smaller writing. Yeah. Pay me if you can. Brackets, please pay me if you can. <laughs> anyway. Yo, Paul, I got something to say to you. Pay me if you can. Duh, 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 duh. -la -la. I was gonna say, wait a minute, not Sweet Caroline again. Because <laughs> it was Taz's theme. <laughs> you ever see, by the way, the footage of the the Blue World Order? Uh, Meanie and must be Supernova at that time, uh, doing YMCA at the ECW arena. And, I haven't know. Ah, I have to dig it out somewhere, but. Like, they did it as a bit, like, ha, ha, ha. But they didn't expect, like, the entire crowd to join in. <laughs> like, yeah, YMCA, dude. You know, right after they've seen barbed wire, blood, and tits, it's like, yeah, yo, man. <laughs> so they have to keep the song playing because it's like, everyone's like, all right, cool. This is awesome, like, visual of everyone. All right, everyone look at that camera. All right, all right, three. Why? <laughs> It's all these all these mutants just doing the YMCA with Blue Meanie. They the missed the trick and didn't just carry on wrestling whilst the music was playing a la New Jack. <laughs> just kept wrestling with, with oh YMCA God, playing in the Tom. background. <gasps> da, da, da. <gasps> he's here. He's here. Crowd's going, man, he's here. Yeah. Dressed like the biker. Hitting them to the... Because you know you're not going to mess with him. Hitting them to the beat with uh, trash cans. Young men... <laughs> Bang. Bang. There's no need to feel down. I said, young man, Bang. take yourself off the ground. <laughs> this is a very musical episode this week, isn't it? It is. I've watched Hamilton too often. I'm in the musical mode. Oh, still haven't watched it yet. But because my friends say it's great. And I'm like, oh, I'll get around to it. Oh, you put it off then. Until This is my revenge because anymore. all the people I've told to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and so many of them are thanks to lockdown, and they're like, wow, it's really good, Matthew. Like, I know it's really good. I told you. And they're like, you should watch Hamilton. I said, that, I will in 2022, all right? See how you like it. <laughs> Anywho, all that palaver brings us to The Rock backstage interview with Kevin Kelly. And I love that The Rock pauses to wait for the rocky chance to die out before talking. And it's good because me and my brother would chant along with the crowd and watch this on Sky One in the morning. It's like, it's like Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Oh. Anyway, tonight, The Rock says a lot of things about kissing monkey anuses and, you know, all the good stuff. But tonight, you'll, The Rock will raise the people's hand, Shane will get the back, and Vince will get the front. And they'll both smell. La, 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 la. Just good stuff here from The Rock. Great line. Almost as good as RC Edge Maximum Power Extreme, Extreme, Extreme Coca Cola. <laughs> Put that in your car. 
<laughs> you'll, you'll drive to the moon. <laughs> Drink Gastrol GTX. Put RC Edge Cola in your car. I think that's the right way around. No, no video's got the car winking at the camera. Like, <laughs> anyway, it's the APA helping Crash Holly win back the hardcore title on Raw after WrestleMania. Just resetting the clock here, getting them back to what it should be after the little uh, miscue at the uh, Hardcore Battle Royal at WrestleMania 2000. Coca-Cola, Cola-Cola, extreme, 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 caffeine, 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 for kids. <laughs> the DX Express arrives. Hey, they're here. Oh, that's a segment. <laughs> no one else is here. Head cheese. Blackman and Snow are here to a big pop. Dude has a sign that says, Head cheese, he's no Gouda. Oof. Get in. Good. Cheese puns. That's what the show needs. They're taking on Bossman and Bull. So it's one of the worst matches at WrestleMania versus one of the best. Before we get into um, this particular match, I uh, had a request on Twitter. and I, I apologize if it was you that requested this. I have lost the tweet in question. But you know how we did um, the Viscera tiered list on one of the watch-alongs? Oh, yes. Somebody suggested, why don't we do a Bull Buchanan tier list? So we take all the gimmicks oh, okay. of Bull Buchanan and we put them into uh, the appropriate categories, which if we are to go by the Ross Tweddle Gary YouTube system for tiered list, uh, that would mean that we would need to put them into... Let me see if I can pull up a tiered list. So I know what we're working from. So because because Buchanan's had quite a few gimmicks over the years, and I reckon that we can rank them all effectively into the best, lovely, 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 all right, just about bearable, and get in the bin. So that's easy. I can think of <laughs> four. I've got them all here. <laughs> oh. Okay. So uh, Lord Humongous. This was a, uh, a be I believe this was a Smoky Mountain gimmick, which is Lord Humongous, which was passed around between him and Sid Vicious and Sid Vicious's son. It was a like, Memphis gimmick, I believe. Memphis, I do apologise. Yeah. Not, not so so uh, many different people have played it. They've, Lord Humongous from Mad Max too. Have you seen that? I have indeed. Yeah. So it's a play yeah, on that, it's a play go. on that from Memphis Wrestling, uh, but previously played by Bull Buchanan. Um, where would we put this on the tier list? The best, lovely, 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 all right, just about bearable, or get in the bin. Just for that promo we cut on the lads with the oil, where he went, just walk away. Walk, leave it here. And walk we get away. There needs to be no bloodshed. <laughs> um, yeah, that. Uh, the best. Okay. What a performance in, in Australia. You, in you get in the best. Uh, recon. Can you think of anything that the Truth Commission did other yeah. than exist? Yeah, uh, the jackal once came down from the ceiling. That was the jackal. <laughs> anything that the lads did. Um, Recon and Sniper attacked somebody from the DOA. <laughs> Kurgan was there. I'm sure Recon and Sniper had a match against each other. I'm sure they had a match, those wrestlers. <laughs> a match against each other. We don't even know for sure if they wrestled. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll put them in the bin. Put, yes. We'll put them in the bin. Put them in the South African bin. <laughs> okay. Um, the Punisher, Barry Buchanan, which was his 
gimmick upon his debut in 1995 on the North Georgia independent circuit. <laughs> oh, you know what? I had a bunch of North Georgian handheld fan cams because obviously we want that coveted six-star Bull Buchanan Punisher match. Um, I haven't seen them. And I can't confirm them. Uh, I'm going to have to put this in a don't rightly know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to put it in. I'm going to I'm going to usurp you and I'm going to put it in all right because it was good enough to be what? recruited by Jim Cornette for Smoky Mountain. So, and he was in Cornette what? stable the militia which had therefore led on to um him becoming recon. Oh, that's a very important distinction then. What year did he wrestle for Smoky Mountain? 95. Oh, forget it. <laughs> nah, the last year of Smoky Mountain when they, Tom, you could have shown up and wrestled. <laughs> I might have done. But... Like Rick Rubin's pulled all the money. He can wrestle if you've got Fiverr. Also, you can manage TNA. Okay, uh, Recon. Truth Commission. Uh, USWA, 95 to 97. Uh, so good in the USWA that it was bumped up to the WWF from 97 to 98. Uh, tag team with his best friend Sniper <laughs> they they became um, they, well Buchanan became an OVW tag champ around this time as well but in terms of accomplishments in the WWF none uh, where we put in Recon from the Truth Commission well, <laughs> the best he must have ever. had a match he must have had a match had in the militia so I'd put him above Sniper. the Truth Commission <laughs> he might have had one against Sniper uh, what a great gimmick though! If you've got a sniper as your as your manager, yeah. It's like, where is he? Oh, he's, he's in like the back. He's in the cheap seats, and then inexplicably, the guy you're wrestling just falls down and like gets pinned, and there's this big pool of blood forming. Goes, what could happen? I don't know, but my manager is called Sniper. You just start wrestling, and then suddenly a little red dot appears on your opponent's head. Like, well, I, ref, I, I, I give up. I give up. Well, Buchanan wins again by submission. What's that about? Um, Bull Buchanan, as in Big Boss Man's mate, Bull Buchanan. WrestleMania match to his name under that gimmick. Uh, the fashion inspiration for The Shield. Uh, <laughs> where do we put Bull Buchanan, Boss Man's oh, mate? Oh, the better. All Buchanan and no Bull. Uh, the best form. Straight in the, the purest back. form of Bull. Just for the fact that he had one of the best matches at WrestleMania 2000. <laughs> There's three, honestly, there's three matches you need to see at WrestleMania 2000. The ladder match, Bull Buchanan's doing his leg drop to D'Lo Brown, and I can't think of the other one. <laughs> um, okay. Um, right to censor Bull Buchanan. Uh, so, uh, brought in after uh, a, a brief foray alone, uh, even uh, in the qualifier for the King of the Ring in 2000. One of the biggest King of the Rings ever. He was qualifier, didn't get through. Uh, but then he aligned himself with Stephen Richards as a founding member of Right to Censor. Where are we put in Bull Buchanan? Right to Censor Bull Buchanan. Oh. This is the best tiered list ever. Thank Gee. you to whoever tweeted this. Yeah, thanks. This, I'm having to think here because well, I we, guess he had more success. Do we say that Right to Censor Bull Buchanan is better or worse than Boss Man Buchanan? No. But it was because he, he won the tag titles. Exactly. He has a belt to it. So technically, he But I don't be want to say best. anything positive about it because this runs on forever. <laughs> and it was crap. Well, and to this day, the Godfather refuses to sign any merchandise or photos that have him as the Godfather. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
wasn't that bad. Like, like The Rock's win on Raw, he just doesn't acknowledge it. Um, no. All right. The, the one, the one below, the the Bull Buchanan one. Okay, lovely, lovely, lovely. That would be. No, the, no. All right, the one below that then. That would be all right. All right. Yeah, or just okay. about bearable. I wouldn't even say that. Okay. Uh, yeah, just about bearable. Because right. we're going to have to watch him soon. <laughs> this positive podcast. Okay. Um, so, just to recap, Lord Humongous is in All Right. Recon is in the bin. Uh, Boss Man Buchanan is in the best. Uh, right to Sensible Buchanan is in Bearable. Um, okay. Um, Bo Buchanan. Oh, no, I've missed a few. I've missed a few. Uh, Bo B Buchanan. squared. B squared. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the one I know. Yeah, B squared. <laughs> I've already seen a few segments, but honestly, I thought he was a reason for John Cena's success for a small period of time. Because <laughs> John Cena didn't do anything for me when I saw that, but I loved him. <laughs> so, do we put? Do you want to put him in the best? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. one of his underrated gimmicks. Okay, nice. What was his? What was his expression? Did you say word? He said uh, "booyah." His famous phrase, booyah. John Cena, we need someone whiter than you so you don't look as white. Oh, there we go, Bill Buchanan. <laughs> Oof. Uh, this time, just, just to kind of pull a few names together, he was known as B squared, B2, and bling bling Buchanan during this time. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what B2. That's what it stood for. So Here he oh. comes, B2. You sunk my battleship. <laughs> now, here, 2003-2007... Uh, all Japan Pro Wrestling Buchanan. Now, during his time in All oh. Japan, uh, he he formed a gang called uh, he formed a gang with Takamishinoku, D'Lo Brown, and and uh, the Gladiator, aka Mike Awesome. Oh. Uh, and eventually, he joined up with the the group Roughly Obsess and Destroy. <laughs> Yeah, Rod. Rod, because they couldn't call him the all the ex WWE guys that we could get a hold of. I mean, if you look at um, look at his time in All Japan, like he faced, he had he's had a match, at least a match with Keiji Muto, <laughs> <laughs> and a match with Satoshi Kojima. Uh, <laughs> he he and D'Lo Brown competed for the in the tag team league. Um, he. He te- he'd seen it with Rico in All Japan. <laughs> this is amazing. I didn't know all this bit. Um, yeah, it, it, it was inexplic- inexplicable periods where XWE guys would go over. As I said, uh, Bart Gunn would have victories over... Uh, who was it in All Japan? Was it Masawa? Well, I'm asking you. You're not a pure <laughs> expert. I'm just thinking out loud. But yeah, my point is these people would come over and they'd go, Oh, great. An XWE guy, you must be good. <laughs> So yeah, was it Bull Buchanan? Who else that Chuck Chuck Palumbo was there at one point? Just incredible was God. Wow. And Jamal, that's where he got good and turned into Umaga. Yeah, it's crazy. I haven't seen any of the matches, but I remember seeing the photos and be like, to us, it's like, wait, it's a, it's the mid card. It's not even the good mid card. He hasn't got he hasn't even got his vest. But over there, it's like, wow, respect. He could do a leg drop off the top rope. They liked him Ooh. so much. He and D'Lo Brown became the GHC Tag Team Champions at one point. Here we go. Here's an example. During the Real World Tag League in 2004, 
Buchanan and D'Lo Brown went to a 30-minute time limit draw <laughs> with Osuma, Nishimura, and Kaiji Muto. <laughs> Two little-known oh, wrestlers. We've got to put... We've got to put... Um, all Japan Buchanan in the best if he's going if he's doing 30 minute broadways with Muto absolutely he's got to be in the best isn't he he can't not be <laughs> yes and he won the all Asian tag team titles with Rico what a guy what a guy <laughs> um, uh, there's okay the last one is kind of like a hodgepodge of independent circuit Buchanan where he was just called Buchanan uh, form, he became GCW tag champ um, along with AJ Steele. Uh, a team with the Grappler very briefly. This is kind of like a bit of a hit and miss run. Um, he became the GHW, GCW heavyweight champion at one point, beating Johnny Swigger. <laughs> so there's some belts to his name in GCW. Um, but I still think that it's not as strong as his run in All Japan. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best some tiny indie some tiny indie yeah it's not quite on the level as, as beating Kaiji Muto yeah it's, just, it's nearly there it's hey, just not quite you won't hear Bruce Pritchard doing a podcast about Bob Buchanan <laughs> there's a very good reason for that uh, as much as I love the real deal uh, AJ Steele uh, no now, I've not seen any of his work so I can't comment we'll put it in all right yeah Damn. I'm sure it was all right I'm sure that's the, not the reason why great championship wrestling uh went out of business in 2014 <laughs> there we go that is whoever was it that wanted that you're welcome that is your tiered list of all of Bull Buchanan's gimmicks you're very welcome I hope it was worth it oh it wasn't what are we talking about <laughs> oh yeah yeah there we go Bull Buchanan and Bossman we get clips of them double teaming and beating up Kane on Raw bloody hell they get a bit of a push aren't they they love Buchanan yeah crowd chatting for head cheese even the guy with the enormous Decepticon sign near the front. He must love the Head Cheese Masters. And that's a bad reference that I'll get a tweet going, I liked it, Matthew, but please don't do it again. <laughs> and Lola, as he's talking about Bossman and Bull, he accidentally says, yeah, they're really good at serving people. And Kyle goes, what do you mean? What do you mean? Oh, no, 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 nothing, nothing. Hey, look at that great match. So to believe that these are uh, not random attacks on people, actually being paid or somehow being told to do it by people and the, the mystery of Bull Buchanan and Bossman will continue until next week <laughs> that's a long story for this particular time period it is no Bull here Bull gets a clothesline off the top to no pop I swear <laughs> only we like that nice move we finally get news and update about what uh, Scott Duhartley said about his partner Sexy is out with a knee injury uh, thanks for taking 10 minutes to tell us that call. Match goes on for a while and we get a funny variation of the flying nothing off the top with Steve Blackman extending his leg like a dog about to urinate. And that takes out Bossman. However, he's able to come back from the pissing dog to deliver a Bossman <laughs> slam to snow. And Bob, that's what it's called. Yeah, they have to look it up. And Bobby Cannon flies off the top with a giant leg drop to end it clean. But Blackman uses his kung fu to kick him away as if they're Bradshaw at the airport and get some of his heat back. Well, maybe not for Blackman, but you know what I mean. Any thoughts here, Tom? Uh, I like the bit where we did the Buchanan tier list. <laughs> <laughs> this match was very there. This match will forever be described as a match that happened on SmackDown. 
Absolutely. Eddie and China arrive at the arena in a low rider. What a silly gimmick. That'll never last. <laughs> oh, it's not China. It's Mama Cedar. And we'll find out more after these words from the boot of the week. <laughs> and it is to catch everybody up from last Monday. China DDTing Jericho to help Eddie win the European title. The Raw after Mania. So a nice one day reign there for Jericho. At Lugs, there for dinner. And we get more details on this because we're going to segue into the next segment. But I've got to wonder, does it count as a screw job if China and Jericho didn't get along anyway? Yeah, that's it. Like, it's... I don't think it does because they were frenemies as it was. But I yeah. guess because, like, China had started to become, like, majorly pally with Jericho. It, the guard was somewhat down. But even so, it kind of goes against the idea, like, the whole thing of if you're gonna if you, if it was a setup all along why are you fighting like why because it was only at wrestlemania that's past this past sunday that china was beating eddie guerrero up lovely reaction for the pair of them as this idea is already over eddie is handing out roses to mama cedar on the way to the ring and he asked to know why she did what she did and she just admits the entire world to hear she just couldn't resist his latino heat and Eddie reacts by getting on his hands and knees, kissing her feet, and then going up and kissing her knees, and uh, pan up, pan up, pan up, look at China. <laughs> and uh, China tries talking, but notices Eddie is hanging onto her leg. <laughs> That's to get, get off before talking. So good. And I suddenly understand how China is such a big lesbian icon after rewatching segments like this. <laughs> She's covered in leather. She's got people kissing her feet being all dominant it's like oh right okay, get it now yeah. now i get it now i get it mama sita and china also points out that she had to screw jericho you're a real man eddie not like that little man jericho and i do mean little and this is enough for jericho to come out attack eddie a manager power bomb before eddie escapes and there's booze from the crowd and it's unsure if it's for eddie or jericho because, damn, this is already cool to watch. This is already such a great gimmick. Eddie's there talking about, he lists off famous Europeans, like Columbus, and whatever, I can't remember the rest because I wouldn't pay attention. Never, and now I had my name, Eddie. <laughs> and now, <laughs> like it's his first Eddie. Name. Michelangelo, Donatello, Eddie. <laughs> so this off the turtles there. How did China know how big Jericho's winkle was if they were just mates or frenemies? I think it's just a dig. But yeah, can you uh, moving away from there? Jericho's tiny penis, what did you think of this gimmick, Tom? Uh, oh, oh, gosh, amazing. It's weird to hear the music because the music they came out to was his Latino heat music, but pre-vocals. So that was a bit un unusual to hear that. I like little little bits like that in wrestling history when we watch these shows and you can kind of hear the making of a theme song. And when we get those songs that aren't quite the finished article, and it's obviously went away and went, we need to add a little something to this. So they added the Latino Heat vocals to it. But you, it's like an instrumental track of Latino Heat that we get, which I like. Mm. Um, I also like in terms of like embryonic things. Oh, um, I've not heard that in ages. Yeah, we've done one in a while, have we? I'm sure if you watch this back, Jericho hits the Judas effect on Eddie Guerrero. What? Mm -hmm. No. Kind of like a back fist, but it looks like it, it would eventually become the Judas effect. 
20 years hmm. early. Jericho hits the Judas effect on Eddie Guerrero. Go back and watch it and you can see it. Eddie Guerrero hit uh, Jericho getting that Judas effect in on Eddie. I was, I was too struggling by Mama Sita. <laughs> but no, they were great here. Like Eddie and China. Yeah. And this is just the beginning of, of their partnership. And it's just going to be something that just steals the show. It's one of those amazing moments where uh, a bad guy is so good that the crowd you just turn, they turn them. They can't, you can't yeah. deny it. It's just organic. You can't deny it. And Eddie Guerrero becomes one of the most beloved baby faces for a while. And it's so cool to see. Yeah, and speaking of that exact same situation, here's Kurt Angle, the idiot. Yes. And he's trying to recruit S.A. Rios as a tag partner. S.A. can't speak English, so Angle tries explaining to S.A. Tonight, they can win the tag team titles, and then S.A. can sell one of his titles to feed his family. <laughs> Leader then translates, and he says something in Spanish and walks off. And Kurt's like, is that a no? Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, for some reason, it's really tickled by the idea of like, oh, good, now I can sell this to people. <laughs> anyway, DX show up and they're mad. Triple H wonders how they got booked for an autograph session that just happened to overlap with the first bit of SmackDown. <sighs> Maybe it was Bull Buchanan who did it. Oh, no, wait, it was the McMahons who were able to then book their revenge for the main event tonight. Vince tells them all to relax and tells them to try the carrot. <laughs> I love how anti-authority and... Triple H and DX are. Like the whole, their whole shtick is they are anti-establishment. And it's like, hey, we'll do what we want. Da, 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 da. And here's Triple H coming and going, oh, you sent us to a contract, so you sent us to an autograph sign and that took ages. Like, you DX, just walk out. Why do we go, we had to wait ages to cross the road because the light was on red? <laughs> like, you muppets. What happened? Where's the edge gone? In, no, not the RC edge. But where's yeah. like, like the, the whole idea of, D, of Triple H coming in and being mad at Vince for, for over, an overrunning autograph sign-in? <laughs> Shut up, mate. You're anti-authority. You could have just thrown the table across the room and walked out, but you didn't. But the fans. Oh, plus, you can tell the Triple fans H that we don't care this. about because we're bad guys. You can tell Triple H wrote this. It's like, what can be a logical reason for not miss for missing the first bit of the? Ah, oh, well, how about an autograph session where there were so many fans that it overran? He was so over uh, as bad guys. Like it's <laughs> the the fans just can't get enough of us. The whole idea of if you have to tell people you're over as bad guys, you're not over as bad guys. Mm. No, but I like it because. In theory, all it would take with the combined efforts of DX and the corporation... Oh, sorry, don't call them that. Uh, Vince's crew <laughs> to go, yeah, you know what? Let's just kill The Rock and it'll be over. So there's <laughs> got to be some reason for them to not always get along or something get in the way of things. Yeah, so I like it. yeah, 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 I suppose. If it's Vince just go, you know what? I am the higher power, remember? <laughs> and an awkward bit, let's see if you notice this, Tom. Steph then appears to do the next segment... Uh, but we go to break immediately afterwards and when we return she repeats the dialogue at the start of it again <laughs> yeah yeah she just give it another run out it's a bit like how I thought it's a bit like when a TV show goes to break and then when it comes back it kind of sums up a bit of what's been happening in the first sentence like Family Guy does it a lot where they'll go Peter I can't believe that we've got back <laughs> in time 
Like after the break. Yeah. Peter, I can't believe our dog, Brian Griffin, is dead. Like they'll have to do a little something just in case people have, have hopped around. So is just Stephanie just going, Peter, my husband's not very happy. <laughs> yeah, and this was definitely getting used to doing exposition. Yeah. Which people are still coming. Because I think I said in the OSW review, like Stephanie only speaks in exposition. <laughs> and I still get people tell me about it. Because yeah, she show up and goes like... Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm all right. How you doing? Okay. Oh, here's Steph. Hello, hello. On this week's episode of Raw, the week, the longest running sport entertainment thing in ever to live. Two weeks away from can't say the date, but two weeks away from the certain page. It's like, what, what are you talking about? Why are you talking like a normal human being? She's like, she's like an Alexa. <laughs> yes. Good morning. God, that's exactly what she is. It is 19 degrees today in Connecticut. She speaks an exposition. I like that. Hartford, Connecticut is where Titan Towers exist. Titan Towers was <laughs> almost seized by the FBI. Uh, My dad in, is uh, a hero. In early 1994. Anyway, Steph plays sweet and innocent to Vince to get him to get X-Pac and Road Dog to take their place tonight to face The Rock. And she's like, please, Daddy, please. And Vince's like, oh, okay, hon, just this once. And I think it's a nice thing. like oh, People acting differently with different people. Because obviously in the ring, Vincent Mann's like, I'm the best, I'm this, I've got grapefruits. And the, and then Steph's obviously like she bitch from hell. But when it's together, it's like, come on, Dad. Oh, okay, hon. Yeah, it's oh, sweet true. daughter. It's like a proper it's like, oh, I thought it was really good. Yeah, it's exactly as it should be. I like it. Uh, an iconic photo of Stephanie McMahon, I think, was taken on this day. This is a really random, useless fact that when I watched this segment, I realised it. Um, well, well she's, a, she's got the Macho Man shirt on. Oh Christ! No, there's um, there's a there's like there's only like one or two photos like of of like promo shots of Stephanie McMahon with the WWF Women's Championship, and one of them I think was taken on this day because she's wearing the same outfit that she wears in that picture. Random useless fact. I don't know what you do with it. Do what you will with it. <laughs> but I just went. Her hair's the same. She's wearing the same outfit. That was probably the day they took that picture. Just mm. there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> I think I know what you mean. Yeah, that's a, a nice look, that. Strong look. I thought I'm going to say, oh, she's an iconic photo. I'm like, hey, 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 look, she needed the money. Oh, God. And this segues into the next match, which is the great Malenko himself, Dino, showing up with his light heavyweight title that I forgot he had to wrestle Taka Michinoku. Whoa, some hot New Japan 94 action here for the crowd. <laughs> anyway, it's a pretty sweet five minute match. It's the wrong time to be doing it. Uh, they do keep the action hot for those five minutes, and the crowd eventually like you can even politely applaud them at some point, which is very crazy to see. Do we have crowd in two thousand doing? Uh, Dean busts out his glorious top rope gut drop that he used to love doing to Rey Mysterio Jr. Possibly because he was the easiest guy to do it in that company to put away the first ever WWF Light Heavyweight Champion from '97. What do you think of this little match here, Tom? Great, really good match. How would this have been treated in 2020? This would have been, like, this would have been applauded in 2020. But because this is not the time for for wrestling and work rate, it's just kind of a match that's thrown out there just to keep the crowd ticking over. It really feels like, but it was great. Like the the light heavyweight division, sorely underappreciated uh, in WWF, and will and that will forever be the case. Because every so often you'd have someone like Dean or Scotty Too Hotty when they were the champion uh, bust out some belters, and this was a fine example of it. Yeah, and I do remember it being 
an argument for WWF there. There were many people who were strongly, strongly for WCW and weren't all on the WWF bandwagon. And one of the things was, you can say that we missed you, Tom, all you like, but you bastards retired Dean Malenko. <laughs> it always come up as like, yeah, never forget, WWF ruined Dean Malenko. They so, really did. They really did. Yeah. Someone who wasn't getting ruined is Big Show, who is backstage dancing. And Shane McMahon watches him in a don't think about it too much segment. Uh, I, Shane McMahon is watching Big Show dancing on Raw and shaking his derriere, his caboose, if you will, and then putting Grandmaster Sexy through a table backstage after he laughed at his dancing. Oh, so that's a storyline reason. That's all. I'm you glad need. we got on the, the same page there. <laughs> yeah, Big Show, Big Show splashed him through a table and he's out with an ankle injury. It's like. Wait, what? Oh, also his guts exploded, but it's mostly his ankle. And we're teased with that as backstage. Kurt Angle is trying to fend off Mae Young, who desperately wants to be his tag partner tonight, but Halga Holly walks past and he's like, nah, team up with you against Edge and Christian. Oh, go on then. And Kurt Angle is very happy to be with the guy who did a film with the guy who played Hellboy. It was crazy. Uh, but... What about the punchline, Mae Young? Well, there you go. Mae Young's old. Do you get it? That's why it's funny. <laughs> wait, wait. Here we go. Every time Mae Young should say some, the last thing on the thing, someone should just walk in with a flute whistle. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want Vince on commentary, like Raw from 94, going, <laughs> Do you get it? She's old. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Great, you say, remember the Alamo? And she goes, of course I do. I was there. <laughs> it's funny because she's old. <laughs> That's the when joke. But she, she was still wrestling, the Dead Sea was just sick. <laughs> Subtle humor. Anyway. <laughs> she's dead now. The Godfather <laughs> comes to the ring. <laughs> Press F for my young <laughs> The Godfather, that's how old she is, she's dead. The Godfather comes to the ring. And before the match starts, we get the PG rated, the show is for kids, please buy the action figure section, where the Godfather politely asks if there's any pimps who can light a fatty for him. <laughs> and shows off his hose. <laughs> and his opponent tonight is The Big Show. But he's dressed up as The Big Pimp. <laughs> this is amazing. And he gets the crowd to raise the roof ho raise the roof ho and they do this is such a sing-along crowd they're the blame for these these segues (laughs) it then takes a few seconds to remove all of his accessories his pimp hat his pimp chains his pimp sticks (laughs) godfather gets a bit impatient and attacks him from behind and it took a week for big show to go from headlining the biggest show of the year to a comedy gimmick but it's big show so it's already an improvement reaction-wise for him. And he's he's definitely enjoying the gimmick because he delivers a drop kick and then follows it up with a second rope elbow drop. If Big Pimp had headlined WrestleMania 2000, I'll tell you, Tom, he'd have been out second. <laughs> I kind of wish that the, Big oh, Pimp had stuck around a bit longer. This is clearly... We're going to do a tier list for Big Show... It's all these 2000 gimmicks. We should actually, shouldn't we? If Big Show dressed up as Bull Buchanan. Spoiler. Big Bull. (laughs) Spoiler. If we are going to do this gimmick tiered list, spoiler, Shonan the Barbarian is the best. 
I could say that has to be just for the pun alone. Anyway, he takes the hoe train, but a hoe distracts the Godfather for some reason. So show breaks a pimp stick over him to win. It's not a very good pimp stick if it breaks with one hit. Gotta tell you, must be one of those Aldi pimp sticks. It turns out the hoe was a secret agent hoe, <laughs> and she gets—I've seen that film—and she gets in the ring to play tonsil hockey with the big pimp, which I guess makes her the big hoe. And he drapes her over her, sh- her shoulders. Show is over. He's winning matches, and he's got great big tits. <laughs> do you want a really fun story about this match? You know I do. All oh, right. Okay. So Big Show did an interview with Pro Wrestling Stories a little while ago, and I'm gonna sort of read the story from Big Show's perspective. Uh, Vince informed me that I would be impersonating the Godfather. This, of course, sounded like great fun until Vince explained that I'd have to kiss one of the hoes. I was totally cool with the idea of wearing gold chains, dancing and playing up the role, but the problem was with me kissing another woman on a night that Bess, my wife, was backstage. I expressed my fear to Vince. Yes, I said fear. It doesn't matter how big I am, telling Bess that I had to kiss another woman wasn't something I was looking forward to. So I asked Vince to do it for me. Uh, being the confident leader that he is, Vince looked me straight in the eye without hesitation and said, no problem. He seemed so confident. I knew this was something I had to see. He then watches as Vince McMahon goes over to his wife. They have a brief conversation and then Vince comes back and says, yeah, all fine. She said, yes, she said it's okay. Big Show's like, well, how how did you get away with that? And Vince said, we're putting Bess in the show. She's going to play the hoe that you kiss. <laughs> so Bess, so Big Show was concerned about kissing another woman on the night that his wife was at the show. So Vince just went, all right, the solution's easy. Your wife's going to be the one that you kiss. So the hoe was Big Show's real life wife, Bess. What? Good in it. He married a whole <laughs> show. Big show. You, you know never did not like that. It's an illusion. You can't make a whole a housewife. Did we learn nothing from rap music? <laughs> Pretty woman <laughs> walking down the street. Oh, that's a great story because it shows like Big Show would never have gone up to his wife and gone, "Look, can you play a hoe?" No. But Vincent Mann's like, "The solution is easy." <laughs> Your wife is the hoe. Do you want to be a hoe? That's his real wife. (laughs) Yeah, it's great in it. I'm I'm not being funny, but like they get these women out every week, and you can you can tell which ones are professional hoes. And I thought (laughs) she was professionals. Yeah, hoe. Thank you. That is the that is the technical term. Um, on their LinkedIn profile, but this this woman was stacked. (laughs) I'm just saying whatever the technical term is. So I just thought, oh. Secret agent ho. She's a real ho. ho Secret agent ho. Secret agent ho. Do you want to know another another? Double O Seven D D. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Does no, it? Double O D. Um, no, that'd be weird. They'd be hanging down. Um, yeah, wait a minute. What, what? That um, another another lovely Big Show story, and this is one that really makes me. Oh smile. yeah. Watch back older ones. Because um, he's very de- he's very devoted to Bess. He's very devoted to his wife, and. In sort of mid-2000s, I think he still does it now, to be fair. When you watch him walk down to the ring, you will always see the big show um, rub both his wrists. So he'll rub the left wrist and then rub the right wrist as he's walking to the ring. That is a secret message for Bess saying, I love you. 
So when she's watching on TV, when he does that, that's her saying to his wife, I love you. After seeing her tonight, I can see why Big Joe would be shaking his wrist on TV. <laughs> I'm sorry to take that down. That is actually obviously a lovely, Isn't lovely, it lovely thing to say. Isn't it lovely? Oh, it's nice. I, I was like, going to say, nice every time he does the choke slam, he's going, <laughs> love you, Beth. I, I like this. It's little stuff like that, little little nudges like that that I always like. We haven't done uh, graded uh, using the, the desk for a while at Cultaholic. Whenever I do graded, I used to be in front of a, a, a virtual desk. Spoiler, it's a virtual desk! Um, but obviously, because we're doing it from home, that hasn't happened. But there's a little hidden message on the desk that I use. So when, when the desk was designed for me, um, I gave them a whole list of things I wanted on there, including a hidden message for Alex, my good lady, which is hidden on the desk. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but there is a hidden message on the desk, which is just for me and Alex, which she knows Aww. about, and it's on there. So any chance you get to do something subtle for somebody you love, always do it. It's nice. That is nice. There you go. And there's a picture of Kenny Everett, and I like him. <laughs> and Sonic the Hedgehog and Mickey the Dragon. Yeah, what does that picture of Sonic the Hedgehog mean, Matthew, that you have? It means I love Sonic. It means I love Sonic. I, rub, I, rub, I, rub I know wherever I am, he's watching me. I do something with my wrists and, and think of Sonic. And on that lovely message... <laughs> <laughs> And we're clearly not running late on material. So here's a 1998 advert with a guy's butt for WF.com. Completely ruined the good times we're just having. Still don't know why they're being shown. Just, anyway, inexplicable. Almost as inexplicable as Kurt Angle and Hardcoholic team not take on Edge and Christian. And Edge has that awful, everyone has a little Edge in them shirt. Oh, which I think only Val Venus's sister bought. <laughs> And I like this match, not because of the fine action, but because I remember the last time the Hollies were feuding with Edge and Christian a few months ago, Hardcore Holly took the time to go on commentary and rag on them both. And he said a line that I still remember months later. He said, look at Christian, he's so skinny, if you put a quarter on his head, he'd look like a nail. Oh, that's a hell of a line, that is. A hell of a line. I like that line. Very decent action and a look at the future greatness of Angle versus Edge. Jerry getting a good line saying, if John Wayne was alive, he'd be president of the Kurt Angle fan club. <laughs> yeah, he was a daft racist as well. Solid tag match ending with the super duper plex from Edge and Christian that I'm surprised they're still using. They managed to not kill each other without doing the move, so that's nice. And Kurt Angle is not happy with the loss, but says it's only a loss for Holly because he got pinned and not Kurt Angle. And he tells Harker Holly, I should have picked May Young instead of you. Which is enough for hardcore to drop him with the best drop kick in the business, and then the Falcon Arrow. Nice. What do you think, Tom? All right, fun little match. This liked it. I don't know whether we want a hardcore Holly face turn or not. I think it's just that hardcore Holly just can't be trusted. Yeah, May Young would have been all right though. May Young, you know May Young and Angle as tag champs for a bit. Much better partner for for Angle. Yeah. So the main event is, well, what is it? Is it The Rock versus Vincent Shane? No, it is, in fact, The Rock versus X Pac and Road Dog. But, oh, stop me if you heard this one before. Here's Shane McMahon to be the special guest ring announcer. 
as Lola says, well, it can't be any worse than Tony Chimmel. Oh, and Triple H is the guest referee. Well, I think we know this is going to play out. Rock is still the Rock, so he no-sells everything to begin. But Triple H counts slowly, so even he has to sell. And for the notes, I've just typed here, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> that isn't me being a negative Nancy, but it's like, we're not going to run down this. It's like, it's the first time it's ever happened. It's good. It's fine. But I think if you've watched wrestling for a while, you know what? Uh, the Rock is just having to fight the odds and overcome everything. And everything is not going his way until The Rock is able to bump X-Pac off the apron and onto Shane in a wacky bump. Rock turns around, Rock bottoms Triple H. Earl Hebner runs down, and the crowd's like, ah, oh, Earl's going to actually pin this, and it's going to count. Vince pulls him out. A nice swerve there. Crowd going, no. So Rock has enough. Eyes up Vince, realizes that Triple H is down. So Shane shows X-Pac. So chases Vince up the ramp as Vince realizes he's by himself. Holds off the X and the crew by saying, look, if you come near me, I'll hit him with a chair. Then hits him with a chair anyway <laughs> to end the show with a great visual that Tom will probably use as the teaser image for this episode with Rock standing over Vince with the chair and looking all defiant. That's a great bit. It's just like holding Vince hostage. Although it will be a picture of the big pimp. But regardless of that, <laughs> it's a nice image anyway. Like the Rock who's just at his wits end with these people. <laughs> just clatters Vince with the chair. That would have been it. Remember it been, the rules have been reversed in Big Show's in this handicap match and he's holding them off saying, no, if you hit me, I'll hit, I'll hit Vincent Mann with my big pimp stick. I'll hit Vincent Mann with my wife. The re- <laughs> Your wife in the show, she's a steel chair. <laughs> she's like those giant books in No Mercy, the N64. <laughs> yes! In fact, if you, if you go to the crowd enough, you do pull out Bess show <laughs> and you can use her as a weapon well it's the big book <laughs> yeah very by the numbers main event just like DX just being an arse to the rock or the rock just finally having enough so we we crack on we have backlash on the way and where all all sins will be absolved <laughs> alright Tom what was something that you remembered from this week's episode? Oh, I remember the big pimp. Oh, raise the roof. Oh, raise the roof. It was so good. Big show. And they is... do it. They do it as well. They're like, yeah, let's raise the roof. They just immediately, they're in there. They're in there with him. Big show, just so good in that particular role. And just, he's so, ver- like, it's, it's gutting that he's, that he was sort of pushed so quickly because he's such a funny guy and had he had just a, an extra year or an extra year just to be off screen and just work on all the other things we would have just seen this monster dominate wrestling for decades but i just feel like they rushed him and they never got the momentum with him ever and it's a shame like it's like now the way that in 2020 the way they use the big show now is actually pretty good in the sense that he's now like this legend who is a, a, a an obstacle for somebody to beat and it's a big deal when that happens but at this point he was on telly every week and it didn't feel special and the big pimp was just an example of just actually this guy not only is he, is he a giant but he's really really funny and he's really good and he's just up for stuff i loved him here what did you remember I'll what you said. Yeah, I agree. They never... Bischoff says many times in 83 weeks that they uh, never got 
the big show that they wanted. They wanted this second Andre, and the business had changed. He wasn't very good to begin with. Obviously, he'd get great. And obviously, he's been a hell of a wrestler, had a hell of a career over the years. But he was never that Andre that they wanted, that special thing. But as you said, I think he's did a, a lot with what he had. And the fact that he went from being, God, this guy's in the main event of WrestleMania 2000, to, yay, big pimp, you know, week, <laughs> is, uh, speaks volumes about him. The thing that I remembered, it has to be, why, Mama Cito? Why did you turn on Jericho? I couldn't resist your Latino heat. Oh, you know that. Great. Line. That's that's the thing I remember about this period of Eddie. Just like, I think I asked on Twitter a while ago, and someone responded. Thankfully, I said, "Look, some people would look at this depiction of Eddie Guerrero and go, wow, it's almost stereotypical. Like, not a good image for Mexican people. Image you'd see." Like, hey, I'm so sleazy and I love you. I'm going to hit on you even though you don't want me to. And I go, oof, it's a bit rough, isn't it? Is that the stereotype? But I think this is the reason why people, so many people liked it. He went, he hit on someone and she's like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, you are hot. I do like your Latino heat. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, the, so payoff, I think that's, was, that's the, the payoff was that he was actually, he was desirable. That was the payoff. Yeah. Which is nice. Exactly. The payoff was he was hot. <laughs> so, yeah, it's got to be Latino heat. What was something that you forgot about the show? I forgot what a banger Benoit and Rikishi was as an opening mm. match. It feels like a lifetime ago at this point, but I forgot how great their chemistry was. And just that example of the Intercontinental Championship being like the workhorse championship. Then I always look to sort of the day, like the IC Championship as being that, even though it's had a, a bit of a potted history as of late. Like the idea of that is the belt that every week gets defended on TV and every week they're grafting for. And Benoit and Rikishi had a really good match. I also forgot that Lillian Garcia sang Is This the Way to Amarillo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bit I forgot was that entire Vincent Mann bit. <laughs> Going, well, why did you... Sorry, sorry, fans, why did you think that he was the champion? Oh, oh counted three. San Jose... San Pellegrino, wherever I'm at. No. <laughs> you and your fucking sparkling water. Boom. No, it's true. If you're going to be dumb and take that rocks the champion because Earl Hebner counted three in a, in a match that wasn't even a match, then you're stupid. It would have worked in WCW. Well, go to WCW then. Go celebrate Sid Vicious versus Ron Harris or whatever's happening right now. I don't care. All right, then we will. And they all left and it was amazing. <laughs> We're not coming back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The rocks will be on later. And they go, oh, we like him. And they stayed. <laughs> What a moment. <laughs> That's exactly how it went. That's exactly true. So that was SmackDown this week. Um, thank you very much to Matthew Gregg for your company your, your and uh, your, your songs this week. It's been a, it's been a treat. Uh, <laughs> after, uh, after you you can tell I like you, Tom, because I watched the proper episode this week. Thanks, mate. I wouldn't I'm, do that for anybody else. No, it's appreciated. Until next time, you've already watched next week's episode, so you're sorted. Till next time, he is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. We will see you definitely next week. Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la. Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Oh, Gino, Tess, you've ruined it again. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. Who are you? Come on, Eileen. Love you, bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcasts from. 